And when you look around, what is the problem of the world? We may think that it is lack of water, lack of uh, food, lack of many things. But if you go and study the situation, many times, it is lack of good leadership. And we can apply this even in the church. Even in any ministry or companies or organizations, say it, if the leaders, if the leadership is good, things will be good. But if the leadership is bad, things will be bad as well. And if you study the Bible, it is a trend. The children of Israel, the kings, with good kings, what happened? You see prosperity, you see progress, you see strength, and God will be glorified. But with bad leadership, what happened? You see defeat, captivity, destruction. So, the faith war, the condition of the people of God depended on leaders. Do you agree with me? That is a fact in the Bible. It's, it's, it is quite uh, amazing how this thing is happening. It appears that God has decided to uh, let, and this is because of the freedom of choice, uh, to let the leaders influence the trend of any nation, the trend of any organization. Of course, after some times, God is merciful, he is a merciful God, God will intervene. But sometimes for decades, for years and years, you see destruction because of bad leadership. Give me some examples in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Manasseh, how many years of bad leadership? A lot. You can check. Another example. There are many. There are many in the Bible, unfortunately, of bad example of leadership. But there are also good examples of leadership. And you see, throughout the ages, you can see this, of a, of a, na a nation, a country, or a continent, <coughs> and you can see also in the church. And even now, uh, we can see, if even in a local church, given a good leadership, church elders and good leadership, you see progress. And poor leadership, you see declining of all the factors and all the things. What is the point here? The point is leadership is important. God is looking for leaders. And I'm so happy that you have come and you have decided to attend this seminar so that we can learn together how to lead God's church, how to lead your ministries, how to lead even companies. Some of you, you, are, you have your own companies, we are working. We are all leaders, by the way. It is just uh, for different kinds, but we are all leaders. So the first point that we are looking for here is that God is in need of a leader. Napoleon said, there is no such thing as bad soldiers, only bad generals. 
in his experience, he has seen that uh, an army uh, can be good or bad, depending on the leadership, on the general. And the example that we have here, the example of Ezekiah, let's study this. I like, because what we are studying here is a, a biblical leadership. A biblical leadership. Uh, to be a leader after God's heart. The example of Ezekiah is so eloquent. Let's go to the example of Ezekiah. Um, here. Second Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 6 and 7. We can just read this together just to save time. Uh, this is a summary of what the father of Ezekiah did to the people of God. He said, For our fathers have trespassed and done evil in the eyes of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him. They have turned their faces away from the dwelling place of the Lord and turned their backs on him. They have also shut up the doors of the vestibule, put out the lamps, and have not burned incense or offered burnt offerings in the holy place to God, to the God of Israel. If you study this chapter 29, especially chapter 28, you saw the destruction by the king Ahaz, the father of Ezekiah. It was totally destroyed and people were uh, taken into captivity. They were defeated by the enemies, total destruction. And on top of that, they also shut up the doors of a vestibule. That means shut up the doors of, of the temple and the lamp. That means there was no offering. The system of offerings and what was set up was totally stopped. So much so that people just, they were scattered. The priesthood, they, they had no job. And they, they, instead they started probably taking part in worshipping idols. That tells us how low the country, the nation became under the leadership of who? Of Ahaz, the father of Ezekiah. So it was a kind of a bankruptcy. It was total destruction. That is one leadership. That is an example of bad leadership. The impact of bad leadership is just, uh, just so, I mean, um, you cannot even describe it. But now, this young man, Ezekiah, he decided in his heart. Because he was already there when his father did all these things. He decided. And that is hope actually for those who do not have good parents, uh, role models. Uh, it's not necessary that you have to follow if the parents are doing something that is, that, uh, is not according to the, the will of God. Uh, he is an example of a young man trained by a bad father. Uh, Ahaz, 
he has decided to do exactly the opposite. So let's uh, take our Bible. Maybe this year. Okay. Okay. All right. I think we just uh, go to the Bible and study. Sometimes this uh, machine gives us a little problem. What is our text? Second Chronicles chapter 29. Okay. We will see here. Second Chronicles chapter 29. Are we together? And we'll see the, the, what has happened in the life of this Ezekiah, a good leader. We have already studied in chapter 29 and the summary of chapter 28 when there was a total apostasy. But in verse 10 of chapter 29, are we together? It said, now, Second Chronicles, chapter what, everybody? 29. Chapter 29 and verse what? 29. Verse 10. Now, it said, it is in my heart. To make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel. That his fierce wrath may turn away from us. So in his heart. He decided to do otherwise. He decided to make a difference. To make a U-turn. It is just easy. It is just easy to follow the trend. It is just easy just to follow the crowd. Just to follow what is going on. But a good leader is not just uh, impressed by the crowd. He is impressed by a cause. A good cause to make a difference. So Ezekiah decided to make a difference. And he started in his heart. He said, Lord, I know what my father did. He has destroyed the entire nation. But I am here now as a king. I'm going to make a difference. It starts with the heart. So good leadership starts with a decision. Your personal decision before God. In your heart. He said, Lord, I'm here. Just use me to make a difference. I'm so happy to see all of you. Uh, my wife and I, we have been blessed to see most of you young people. You have just decided to make a difference. Can you imagine? This is the end of the year. Christmas, New Year, you have decided to be here. This is a decision. In your heart, you have just decided to make a difference. This is not an easy decision to make. The trend is just to be somewhere, just to, to be with friends, to, to do many things. But you have decided. I know all of you, you are all busy, but you have decided to take this time to be here because you are a leader. You are a leader in your heart. You are, going to, you are, you are saying to yourself, I decide by the grace of God, to make a difference. That is the leadership. 
leadership starts with that. It is a matter of the heart. And the heart in the Bible, it is not just the heart here, but it is also the mind. It is you. The word in Hebrew actually takes care of all of the all of ourselves. That means my my whole being. I decided my whole being. I decided to do this. What was the mission of Ezekiah? Talk to me. What was his mission in verse ten? Just in this verse ten. Now it is in my heart to make what? A covenant with the Lord. That means that is for him to have this close relationship with the Lord. A covenant with the Lord that the Lord is his partner. They will go together. In doing this, you will not go alone. You will go with the Lord. It is a covenant. Leadership. Uh, spiritual leadership is about spirituality. It is about our covenant with the Lord. That is the difference between spiritual leadership and the leadership elsewhere. Elsewhere it is more of a humanistic. It is more of your strength. It is more depends on your ability, depends on many things. Not that we, we don't need ability. We need. But for us, first of all, God. So, Ezekiah decided to do what? He said to make a covenant with the Lord. To be a leader according to God's heart, we must make a covenant, an agreement. He said, Lord, it's you and I. You lead me and I will follow just use me. That is the main requirement to be God's leader. It's covenant. Our God is a covenant God. Agreement. You decide. This is what Ezekiah did. And to do what? Said with the Lord of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. We'll go back to some of the, the qualifications or the qualities, but I just want to make a point here. Once he decided that, let's just see the result. The change, remember, under his father, Ahaz, the nation was destroyed. After just a very short period of time, what happened here? children of Israel and Judah who dwelt in the city. Let's go go back. Back. Oh, back, back. Right. Back again. Up. Yes. Up. Yes. This is the situation. Before Ezekiah, right? Destruction. Now, with the, with Ezekiah with this covenant with God and having that determination, what is the result? Let's go down now. Down. 
As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance the fresh the first fruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, and all of the produce of the uh, field, and they brought and they bought brought rather uh, abundantly the tithe of everything. Next, next slide. Next slide. Yeah. And in the third month. They began laying them in hips, and they finished in the seventh month. And when Ezekiah and the leaders came and saw the hips, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Ezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the hips. And what was the answer? We can find it there. You see, there was nothing. But with the intervention of godly leader. It's just the opposite. That's why I call this in another place, from bankruptcy to abundance. It was just a turn around right away. Have you noticed that everything was like the same? <coughs> Isn't it the, wasn't it the same nation? The children of Israel, the same people? There's no change? The same destroyed people, the same uh, time, there was no change, just right away. What was the change? Leadership. Leadership. Just one man, one individual changed the entire nation. One good leader can change a, an organization, can change a nation, can make a big difference. Just one. You study the Old Testament. You start with one person. And even throughout history, good or bad, one person. You don't even need a crowd. You just need a leader to bring a difference. We are many here. If all of us here, we decide by the grace of God to become that leader that God is looking for in... Uh, Ezekiel chapter what twenty two, he was looking for a man for for a person. If we just decide by His grace, Lord, I just want to be that person. I, I yes, I say yes to you, and we go there to make a difference. We can change the world with God. You see. The trend now is lack of leadership, even outside. Good leadership. Sometimes we lament according to this. You said, oh, we don't have enough good leaders, even outside. But I see this in a different way. This lack of leadership elsewhere can be also an opportunity for us. That is a vacuum feel as Christians. That is a vacuum that we can feel. That vacancy there, you can feel. So if we decide God can use us the way he used Ezekiah to change things for good, not for bad. So wherever you are, 
you you can influence in a positive way and you can start even at home because there is already the beginning wherever we are so now we will continue our study i have done something here let's continue this triangle here i call this a triangle of a successful leadership um i studied the bible and the spirit of prophecy and even the trend uh, outside of the church and even in the church i can see that this principle is always true the triangle this triangle you see the foundation of it the foundation of of good leadership is it's God. You know, foundation is important. I served in uh, uh, in Congo as a missionary, um, and in the middle of uh, of the city there, there is a high building. <coughs> there are high building, but that high building is empty. So one day I was asking people, said, "How come this building? It's so nice. It is so nice, so well built, but." It is empty. It is not occupied. And they said, you know, Pastor, this building is condemned. It cannot be occupied. Even though we spend a lot of money to build it, he said, why? They said, no, the foundation is faulty. It is dangerous. We cannot occupy this building because of the foundation. The foundation of our leadership must be spiritual. To be a good leader in the church and even elsewhere, we must be spiritual. God. Spirituality is a must. That means to prepare to be a good leader, you must be prepared spiritually. Last night, we talked about prayer. Prayer is the key to good leadership. And this is the tricky thing. A leader, normally, a leader does not have a lot of time. Yes or no? He's very busy. He has to solve this issue. He has to do this. He has to, has to do many things. So, the first thing to be cut is prayer time. And you could see it is like a vicious circle. You are busy, then you cut the time for prayer, and then you will have more problems, and you will not have enough time, and finally you are there just overwhelmed. So one has to know what is the priority of leadership. And that is his time with God. Whatever we do in whatever activities we are engaged in, remember to be a good leader, we must be spiritual. You see, uh, I, I just want to give you a homework on Ezekiah 
Just study the life of Ezekiel. He spent a lot of time praying. And our example, Jesus Christ, is the master leader. He spent a lot of time praying. Um, you see, I realize that one of the biggest challenges of the leader is to find time to pray. And that can be also dangerous. If you don't find time to pray, your leadership will not last. War, it will last, but it will be like King Saul. You know King Saul? He was so good to begin with. He, did, he was so humble. He did not even want to be a king. Yes or no? He did not want to be a king. He said, no, 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 just find someone else. I'm not. But after some time, he was ready to kill anyone that threatened his position. What was the problem? He was still a king, but God was no longer with him. And that can be dangerous. We can still have the position, but if we don't pray, God is no longer. So people, and this is dangerous for any organization, church organization, for a leader who is still there, but God is no longer with him. Like Saul, King Saul. And we have to be careful that that happens to us. That we are still a leader in a new organization, but we, we don't have this divine touch. We don't have this presence of God in us. That it will become just like mechanical. Just any leadership in the world, it is no longer spiritual leadership. You can lead, but not spiritually. But what we need is to lead spiritually. So how do we do this? Let me just share with you what I'm trying to do. As you can see, uh, I have a lot of things to do. <laughs> a very busy indeed, having almost like 3.5 million members in those different countries, and there are so many committees to chair, and the traveling, my wife and I travel like 20, 20 days a month, 20 days a month, just traveling, visiting, and encouraging. Time is just, it's a rare commodity. <laughs> but, one thing, that we decide we will never sacrifice prayer time. We will do our best to feed our soul because if you sacrifice your time with the Lord, it's just a matter of time that you will stop leading spiritually. And this is one of the most dangerous things is to lead the church in the wrong way. And if God is not leading us, we cannot lead the church. So my prayer is all the time, Oh Lord, lead me so that I can lead the church. I'm always afraid of misleading the church. That's why the best way to avoid that is to spend time with the true leader of the church. That is God himself. And God 
will inspire us. God will tell us what to do. This reminds me of my experience as a new, as a very young president of a conference or a field. At the age of 32, I was given this responsibility of uh, leading this big conference, half of the union in the capital city. So I was given that responsibility, being young. So I felt, Lord, how am I going to do this? So I decided um, that I really need to spend time with the Lord. I told the Lord, you know, when I read the Bible, I see leaders, God, God talk to them directly. Um, so I said, Lord, I know that uh, maybe in this modern time, we, we don't have this um, opportunity to listen to God or talking to God face to face. Or, um, but at least, God, I would like you just to show me how to lead the church, how to lead this conference. So it was a Sabbath day, uh, almost like the first Sabbath, me being president. So I said, what, what I would do is I would go to church Sabbath morning, the divine service and preach. And in, in the afternoon, I will go to a very solitary place with my Bible and the iPad. Uh, not this one, but uh, notepad. That was the time. There was no iPad, no iPhone, whatever. Then that was long time ago. So the Bible and the notepad. They said, Lord, I just want to have an extraordinary experience today. I just want you to tell me what to do. Exactly how to leave this conference said, Lord, I, I know that uh, you don't do that uh, every day, but just to begin, I just want to hear your voice. It, uh, your voice must be loud today and for me to know exactly that this is from you. So I went there and I went to this solitary place. Me alone. I prayed for about two hours. Wrestling with the Lord. Confessing my sins, being in tune with the Lord, and just surrender everything. He said, Lord, just remove anything that may hinder your voice. So I just there alone, wrestling with the Lord for two hours or so. After two hours, I could see the, I could hear the voice of God, almost like an audible voice, just telling me how to lead the church. So I wrote down what God just inspired. I wrote about almost two hours also. And I got many pages written. And uh, that was almost like the entire afternoon. And toward the end of the Sabbath, I left so happy and I kept that note so that was Sabbath and uh, Monday morning I met with uh, 
my two colleagues, the secretary and the treasurer. So I was the president, so I said, uh, brethren, let's meet. Let's have an officer's meeting. So we met in my office. I said, come to my office. I did not tell them uh, what happened. And actually, only after many years that I start to tell this, uh, this experience, it is so sacred. And, uh, but uh, finally, I decided maybe it is okay for me to share this, just to inspire people. But for many years, I was reluctant to share this. Uh, but I could see that it can be, uh, it can be a, a, an encouragement so I met with them. I said, gentlemen, here we are. We are leaders. Uh, we need to plan. Need to start to plan, the three of us. I said, yes, that's true. Let's plan. Because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Uh, so we, we sit down. And I said, well, and I pulled down the, the notepad. I said, well, here are some ideas. I did not tell them what has happened. Here are some ideas. You, you feel free to change them or to alter them, to add or subtract. Just few ideas uh, for us to begin with. So it is like a brainstorming session. So I shared also this program here. And uh, those are, especially the secretary, was a very experienced man, more, far more experienced than myself in, in leadership. So he looked, they looked at me, and you could see the presence of God in that, in that office. And they said, listen, this is what we want to do. They did not even want to change it. He said, yeah, that is a wonderful plan. Let's do this. He said, are you sure? I told them, yes, sure. This is a wonderful plan. And I was thanking the Lord. <laughs> Thank you so much. You are, you are merciful to this young president. <laughs> you are merciful. So I said, uh, okay. They said, okay, let's, uh, let's work on this and let's bring this to the executive committee of the conference. So we worked on it and so we had our meeting. And one of the items was strategic plan for the conference. It's a new term, so let's, let's plan. So I introduced again the plan. Said, uh, brothers and sisters, we need to plan. And uh, we officers, we, we have something here just to begin with, but don't be obliged to follow this. Uh, you, you just, uh, uh, this is just to begin, to start. So feel free to add, to subtract, and uh, let's just plan. And then we shared the plan to the executive committee made up of professionals. Remember, the conference was include the capital city. So we have these professional people, highly educated, intellectual, and being used to this kind of thing. So I, I just, I told them just to start. I just played down the thing. 
And of course, I did not tell anyone then what has happened that that Sabbath. So I shared the plan. I'm here again. You could see in that boardroom of the executive committee of the conference, it was so quiet. And we felt the presence of God. And I was waiting for any contribution. I looked at them. He said, any contribution? Subtraction or addition to this? And I see some hands there. Said, and they just changed just few things here and there just to make it better. But the content, they did not touch. Just to make it better here and there. Oh, it will be good if we just say it this way. Say it this way. Maybe we can arrange this like this, like that. They said, okay, fine. It is almost like a cosmetic changes. Not substantial. And they said, Pastor, this is what we want. Let's implement this. And then we voted. And they were so happy. And we implemented that plan. And it was amazing. The church just grew. And financially and membership wise and unity and it's just amazing the plan of God and I was so humbled by this um, and uh, I have been implementing this then when I left that became a union president I also implemented that and as a division president most of the things that we are doing now is based on that what God has helping uh, the asking people to contribute don't want to impose any plan we want it, it to be owned <coughs> by everybody uh, so that the implementation will be easier but what is the point here the point here is this spirituality God is the foundation we need to be in tune with God as leaders. We need to hear the voice of God. And there's another experience. After some time, there was a big problem in the same conference. And that prob uh, problem, if it is not solved, it may even split the team. And I, I was inexperienced again. I tried very hard to think how to solve this problem. It is about personal. How to solve this problem. For about 15 days, I did not sleep much. I tried this. I, th I thought about this. About, and then there was, I, I had no clue. And then after 15 days of struggling, a night of struggling, I remember one night, he said, Lord, I really tried, but I, this is my extremity. I don't know how to solve this problem. 
and uh, I was worried. If this problem is not solved, then the thing that we have built might be challenged. But I said, Lord, I have tried. We have tried, but we have not found any solution, a good one. There were some solutions, but I, I was not satisfied. I knew that uh, if we implement those ones, it, they will not solve the problem. Just maybe solve one problem and create two. So I was not, I was not at peace. But I said, Lord, one night, I said, tonight, Lord, I'm going to sleep. This is your church. I have done my best. So I leave everything in your hands. You just show me how to do this. Because I don't know. So I went to bed. After 15 days of wrestling and uh, bad nights. Uh, so I slept. Just peacefully. Relying on God. It was about in the morning, I woke up, and it was so clear in my mind, the three steps that I, I need to follow, how to solve this problem. I needed, so it was clear, and I remembered it. Then the following morning, I called my officers again. I said, gentlemen, I didn't tell anyone. He said, well, this problem, this big one, what do you think of this one? And they looked at me. How come we did not even think of that? This is the solution. And we implemented it. The problem just vanished. Fifteen days I tried, I failed. Fifteen seconds. God gave the solution. After trying hard. Of course it is not always like that. Sometimes you have to wrestle. Finding uh, solutions. With many committees. Consultation. But it is clear. My experience. Once you reach your extremity. That is God's opportunity. You just hand it over to God. I said God. This is your church. Just show me. How to do this. And God has done it. So, to be a leader, spend time with the Lord. Just make sure that you know the voice of God. And to do that, there is no shortcut. Spend time. Um, what I'm trying to do is I, I woke up. I woke up very early. My wife and I agreed that, uh, you know, my office um, study room is not far from our bedroom. So I just, uh, it is quite early. So I try to leave the bed as quiet as possible, not to disturb her and uh, sneak sometimes. And uh, I don't use actually an alarm clock. What I do is that uh, I try to sleep at a reasonable time. Uh, and I said, Lord, I'm just applying the, what is written in Isaiah and also 
in the chapter in the Christ object lesson asking to give read that chapter Christ object lesson asking to give that is the title um, that Jesus Christ was woken up by his father every morning have you read that so I apply this maybe you need the reference right Isaiah let's see this 54 Yeah, chapter 50 and verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. So this, uh, this is, I try this. I must confess, but uh, sometimes it is not just every day, but you go back to it again. So what you do, you go, you go to bed at a reasonable time. And then you pray. He said, Lord, you know my body. How much sleep I need. You made me. Exactly. So I'm not going to use the alarm clock. I'm not saying that it is a sin to use an alarm clock. Uh, but if you can, don't use it. But if you still need it, it's okay. But I've decided to say, Lord, I'm not going to use the alarm clock. You wake me up according to Isaiah chapter 40, uh, 50, verse 4. So you go to bed at a reasonable time. And you just leave the waking time with God. Because when you sleep, you, you are not aware of anything. So it's just normal that God will. It is good if we can ask God to wake us up. And God, in a marvelous way, is faithful. He's faithful to do this. And uh, sometimes it is, it is earlier, can be 3 o'clock in my case. God just wakes me up at 3 o'clock or 3.30 or 4, sometimes earlier than that, sometimes a little bit later, but he wakes me up. And I'm so happy for that, that I feel that I'm a child, like I still, I, I, this reminds me when I was a child, was woken up by my mother. Oh, time, time to get ready to school. <laughs> get ready now. <laughs> He said, wow, this is nice to have that experience. That alone is a spiritual experience to be awakened by the Lord. Just to have an appointment with the Lord, to talk to the Lord. So that is the appointment. Train yourself. You are not doing, if you are not yet doing that, train yourself to do this. But it is an amazing thing. So you wake up and you said, Lord, this is my appointment. Sometimes you are not very fresh, but, but don't say, oh, I still want to sleep. Believe that God has woken us up already. And then you just leave the bed. Don't remain there. Leave the bed and find a place to read the Bible, to listen to the voice of the Lord, and get your marching order.
There you just open your heart. There you praise Him. There you ask for guidance. You have some challenges. And there are many of those being in leadership. And you just bring those challenges to the Lord. And God will guide us. Sometimes it takes time, more time. Sometimes it comes instantly. Sometimes you have to pray more about it. Don't be discouraged. Because God, like Elijah, uh, when Elijah asked for fire, it was instant. But when he prayed for rain, he had to wrestle. So sometimes God just sent the fire right away. But sometimes uh, he, he makes us wait for rain. But we need to persevere. And that also is already an experience for us to persevere in prayer. So that is the foundation of this triangle is God. We must follow God. We must be close to God. For us to be good leaders, <coughs> leaders in the, in the hands of God, we must follow God's leading. Lead us, God, so that we can lead. To be a good leader, we must be led by God. Otherwise, we may mislead the people if we are not led by God. Make sure that we examine ourselves. Am I led by God? Or I just try to lead by myself. It's only you who really know if you are led by God. And that in the quietness of the morning or before going to bed, God will talk to you in a special way. And of course, throughout the day, always in a position of prayer. Always before you decide anything. Throughout the day, just, just whisper prayer. Say, Lord, I'm going to talk to this individual now. Just give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. What I should say now? And what should I do? Pray like that throughout. I, I had a friend. Um, he said, uh, you know, I will never accept a position of leadership again. This is what he said. He was a conference president and uh, he, he said actually administration. I will never accept. And I, I, I said to myself, why this man is vowing not to accept any position of leadership, especially administration? Because he said, you know, not many administrators will go to heaven. <laughs> And uh, I said to myself, maybe he's exaggerating. He said, how come? He said, yeah, not many. Um, then, I, instead of just brushing it away, I started to think about this. Uh, is he right in saying that, or is he just exaggerating? And I discovered that is if, if we are not careful, he is not far from being right. 
because being an administrator or a leader, it's a big temptation. You have power. And power corrupts. You have also the habit of, of instructing or leading. And you may think that you are a superman or a superwoman. You, it's very easy to, be, to, be, to build a, a habit of being uh, like feeling superior, feeling almost like arrogant. And uh, it might not be expressed, but in the heart. Gradually, if we don't watch, and that was the problem of the king Saul, it was gradual. He became arrogant. He was corrupted by power. So, uh, my friend, if we are not careful, my friend is not far from right, for from being right. The antidote for this, the remedy for this, being proud, or corrupted, or feeling superior, is to be Being a leader, we need to be more intentional in spending time with the Lord. Watchful and just asking God to be humble. What I tried to cultivate this is to spend time with children. As much as possible, use opportunities to spend time with children. The children will teach us the sincerity and the something. And then spend time also with poor people or those who do not have something to give us. Just give them maybe love, affection, attention, and that will help us to remain humble. Spend time with God. God will show us that we are not really that good. <laughs> if you spend time with God, you cannot be proud. Because we know ourselves. God will tell. Then, you know, proud people, probably the problem is that they have not really spent time, enough time with God. Then they feel great. They feel that they are superior. But if they spend time on their knees and uh, listening to the voice of God, then you become so humble because you have done this, you have done this, you are a sinner, you are sinful, and if you don't repent, you will be lost. How can you be proud if you'll be reminded of all the things that you have done? You become so humble. So the remedy for being proud as a leader is to spend time with God. Then spend time with children like Jesus Christ, love little children, and then poor people. Sometimes, uh, being a leader, we do the opposite. We would like just to spend time with the great people. Those who are leaders like us. And even those who are above, spending time with them. And no time to spend with the simple that way, little by little, gradually, we become
become proud without even us knowing it. Those who are around us will notice after some time. But those who are in it, they don't realize. And before they realize it, maybe it is already very far. And they start to justify that pride, that attitude with arrogance. So here is the key. Spirituality. God. Let me, I think, for ten minutes, tomorrow we'll talk about this, this truth. But let me skip. Uh, can we go down? Those are the... We'll go back to this tomorrow. tomorrow. But I want to do this uh, ladder uh, to finish today and I will leave like uh, uh, 10 minutes or so for us to ask questions. This one is uh, I tried to put this in a uh, in this ladder form. How to be successful leader, spiritual leader. The first here is conversion. Conversion. I will not elaborate much on this. We have talked about this. But Sister White talks about we must be converted daily. Have you read that? Mm -hmm. Daily conversion is the key. What is the meaning of this? We need always to renew our consecration, our relationship with God. We must be converted. There is no fake. We must be genuinely Christian. Converted. When people see us as leaders, they are totally convinced that this brother, this sister is converted. He is not perfect, but when it comes to his relationship with God, there is no doubt he loves or she loves the Lord. Conversion is vital. Second, vocation. It's a way of saying calling. Vocation means also calling. Uh, a good leader must be a called leader. That means God, God has called him or her. It is a calling. What is the difference between a calling and a job? A calling and a job, yes? It's, uh, whether maybe it could be whether you yourself choose it or the Lord chooses it for you. Perfect, good. Uh, a job is something that uh, you choose and also it requires just part of yourself. It does not require 100% a job. Uh, and you can be already successful uh, for a job. Even if you put, let's say, 70% and you do it well, then uh, you are a good employee. But a calling requires all of you. 
you you must you are like this 24/7 you are a call calling is something that it requires everything you have to be a good leader you must be called we can come back to this actually tomorrow but let me go through this quickly and then i will elaborate tomorrow and then mission you a leader must have a sense of mission that means god a leader must see i am here not because the committee decided or i decided but god put me here for a mission i have a mission to accomplish we are for we are there for a mission like uh, ezekiah he had a mission he said i uh, put in my heart that i will put an end to the wrath of god that was his mission just to reconcile again the children of god to god that was to bring back the children of israel that was his mission he was there for a mission wherever you are now to be a leader we must feel and uh, you know god god still gives mission that you are not just there by chance you are there by design that god himself has put you there maybe it was a vote by a committee or a board but the real one who put you there is god that is uh, to make us a good leader this sense of mission and then a vision what is a vision is to see what god wants to do to see it now when you say visionary leader that means already even if it doesn't exist yet in his mind it is already there people may not see that's why he had to convince he has to convince many people because he has seen it but other people they have not seen it yet so they have to the leader must convince he said yeah this thing this is what we are going to do and then you must describe it that is a vision we must have that vision there is this saying if you don't have a vision you need a supervision <laughs> those who do not have vision they need to be supervised all the time to be able to do things but those who have vision they don't need supervision the vision itself is enough actually more than enough to motivate them to do things actually those are the kind of people where people say hey my friend slow down <laughs> slow down this is too much you are walking too much no need of pushing just vision vision is important and you know and you know for the church we don't really need to create a vision the ceo of an organization one of the the qualities of a ceo is to create a vision for the company but the church does not need a vision the, because the vision is already in the bible we just need to discover 
a vision. We don't need to create a vision. We need to discover and through prayer and Bible studies and together as brothers and sisters, we discover vision, a vision of the church. And then we need passion, passionate about what we are doing. A good leader must be passionate. You cannot be a good leader if uh, you start to, even the way you present the plan. You know, brethren, this is really good. I think this will work. <laughs> no passion. But if you start with passion, people started to also to be passionate about it. Sometimes without understanding everything, but they believe. Since you are passionate about this, they trust you, you build a lot of credibility, then they believe in it, then they will understand later, but they will follow. That is leadership. And the leader must explain, but the passion is so important. And with passion, we need this because many people, some people, they do everything to stop us. Said, no, this will not work. We have never done this before. Ah, this is this is too much. Without passion, you may just say, Well, maybe he's right. But with passion, you cannot just be deterred easily. You want to, you are convinced that this is what we need to do with passion. Okay, next, and consecration. The consecration is totally, you need to devote yourself for this mission that God has given you. And then the dedication is even a deeper, a deeper way of uh, consecration to dedicate. We need dedication. I'm so happy to see all of you. The way I see you, you are dedicated people. And keep it up. This is the way. You are already leaders. You are dedicated. That's why you are here. And that is one. And then abnegation. What is abnegation? Self. Self-denial. Um, we'll not have time to go deep into this. But this is one of the enemy of success in leadership. Selfishness. Um, the opposite of this. Bad leadership, one of the characteristics of bad leadership is selfishness. A selfish leader is a bad leader. But a sacrificial leader is a good leader. That's why we are still worshipping Jesus now. Because he died. He died for us. He accepted the ultimate sacrifice. If we want to be a good leader, let's ask God to help us to be selfless, uh, devoid of selfishness. Don't look um, at our self-interest. We need to think of our people. This is abnegation. Abnegation is self-denial. We will go back to this self-denial uh, because this is a key. 
I've developed a theory, I call it leadership by love. Leadership by love. We'll talk about that tomorrow, leadership by love. And we will go deeper into this. But let me finish this uh, ladder. And then jubilation, what is it? Joy. Joy. You see, a good leader is a joyful, happy, most of the time. Yes, once in a while, some challenges here and there, a little bit worries and here, we are human. But the trend, the most of the time, the default mode is happy. Happy, enthusiastic, joyful. Because that is, that will help. And that's why rejoice always in the Lord. Happy in the Lord. When you are happy and you lead, people also will be happy and they want to follow you. Happy. You don't want to follow people who are always moody. Uh, you don't want to be around of them many times because it is contagious. <laughs> so you stay away from moody people. You try, you try, whoa, you try to change them. But don't be moody yourself. And in the Lord, we can be happy. So happy. And then the last is coronation. What is it? The crown. You need to think of the crown. Not here. But the crown out there. Crowning. That God will give us the crown. Of, of the, our reward is in heaven. Don't look for reward right now. It may come, but if you just lead because of reward, you will be disappointed. But if you lead because of service, you will always be satisfied. Um, but look for heaven, heavenly reward. Those are the things that I, I think uh, out of prayer and study that will help us to be God's leader. The leader after God's own heart. Uh, tomorrow, we will talk about the deeper level of uh, of leadership, and uh, we will spend more time for questions tomorrow. But uh, we have like um, nine minutes for Q and A. If you want to ask questions on what we have studied or comments, yes. You talked about cases in which uh, uh, God-given uh, wisdom led to a solution of the situation with uh, peace from all parties. Now, what about the cases in which uh, we might have a vision which we uh, uh, think is from God in the sense like uh, we know it is the right thing to do, but this does not put a peace uh, all parties. What I mean by that is, for example, in the scale that you mentioned there, conversion, vocation, mission, there might be uh, converted people which have a vocation, but uh, with a different form and vision of mission, and then you can see that the rest of the, the ladder does not match the walk. So how do you deal in these situations when you need to decide something that is not going to put... Uh, uh, although it is the right thing to do, it's not going to put peace on all parties. Yeah, it has happened uh, in the Bible. Do you remember the 12 spies? 
the two spies, Caleb and Joshua, they were right. But the ten, they were not. Sometimes, unfortunately, uh, it takes time to implement good ideas. God has given, uh, actually God said exactly, okay, Caleb, you don't want to go to Canaan land, you will not go. All of them died. But Caleb and Joshua, Joshua you want to go to Canaan land, you will. You will reach Canaan land. The idea is this, you do your best. We are in a, we are in a, an perfect, not perfect world, unfortunately. So what you need to do as a leader, if I were in that situation, if something I believe it is true, it is the right thing to do. As a leader, you do your very best through prayer, through talking, uh, persuading people, not being arrogant. Many sometimes you will present things with arrogance and holier-than-thou uh, attitude, then that may create some resentment. So with humility but conviction, humility with conviction and a prayerful attitude, and expecting miracles from God, uh, it will work. It may, I don't promise that it will work instantly. It may take time to convince, but we should persevere. But let's say after doing all of this, uh, it appears that it is not adopted, you may give it a little break. You may give it a little break and then starting to talk again. And God, in his wisdom, will intervene in a way that you will be so surprised. But sometimes, unfortunately, like uh, Paul and Barnabas, you remember, they did not really arrive at a common ground to begin with. That is an unfortunate situation. Uh, and something that we need to avoid. But my take is that if I do everything, I pray hard about this, I discuss and using my love and all of this, um, then I give time. It, it happens actually, uh, you know, in administration of the church, we have three officers, the president, the secretary, and the treasurer. When we meet, Sometimes we don't agree on one point. We are, we, are very, we are very united as a team. I'm very fortunate. Very united. But that does not mean that we agree everything. Uh, when you reach that level of being an administrator at the division, you have your mind, your conviction. So uh, you have some points that you don't disagree with. Agree with everything. So what I do as president... I don't force. I said, well, uh, let's sleep over this. <laughs> let's pray more about this. And uh, we will come back to this again. So I kind of drop it a bit. said, let's pray about it. So give a little time. And after some time, okay, let's meet. Let's study again the question. 
So you open the communication. Don't close it. Open the communication and be in the attitude of openness of the, of the Lord guide. And many times it helps a lot with the miracle of the Lord. Last question. Or comments? Yes, two of you. I was just thinking of uh, when you uh, are leader of, uh, from God or have a vision from Him. Have you experienced that uh, there also, uh, then you experienced also the resistance that Satan really also uh, attacks? So, so uh, yes. once you, you grab uh, and are led by God, you also receive this uh, spiritual battle. Thing. He, Thank you for asking that question. Sure, I have experienced that. That I know that something is right. Uh, that we should go this direction. But you could see also some, uh, some elements are pushing this way. And using the same, same thing that I, I mentioned. Uh, intensify your prayer. Because this is a battle, as you said. Intensify your prayer. And also examine your heart. Examine your heart. Uh, and your motives. That is the time. If you see resistance, uh, that is also a time to re-examine your position. Because we can, since we are not God, and we are not perfect, we cannot be sure 100%. So our position might be changed a bit here change a bit there so examine ourselves and if maybe something that you can accept uh, you accept that and you continue to pray continue to talk it's dialogue it's communication when you talk about uh, uh, about colleagues but now if it is from the opposition of the people who are not I mean they don't even believe in what they are doing then we ask you you apply what is written in the book of Acts. Uh, you you obey God rather than man. Then then is that is the time when you need to stand. When you see that there is a push to break the commandment of God, or something that is totally against the Bible, there you don't compromise. You just stand, and they said, "Here I stand. I will follow this," and. Um, it might create some challenges, but with humility, but with conviction, like Peter, we we need to uh, we need to stick to that. Yes, as a follow up, we have yeah, only two up, minutes left. I was just thinking of in the beginning. You mentioned that when you're led by God, kind of you get a, a success that everything is uh, yeah. going well. But at the same time, so that is also true. But at the same time, also you have the, the other things that they kill the prophets. They even killed Jesus, and uh, you have all these uh, you are bad stories. Uh, you are totally right, uh, and it has happened to me that some of the programs that I pushed uh, was uh, kind of resisted. I know it was right, but it was resisted. So what I did is what I, I just described. It, uh, it, it takes more time. Unfortunately, it takes more time to uh, 
discuss, to negotiate. Also, sometimes you have to be firm when you see that this can this view is going to destroy the organization. Then, if you are the leader, then you would say, "No, we are not going to do that." Um, you kind of being firm. Of course, if you are not the leader, then you do your best and leave the rest to the Lord. That is the position that we need. But if you are a leader, you need to give direction. And if it is not good for the organization, it is your responsibility to protect the organization uh, because uh, you will be a bad shepherd then. If it is uh, out of uh, maybe you don't want to be seen as uh, being firm or want to compromise on this, uh, it will become your responsibility. But if you're just one of the team members, you just do your best and leave the rest to the Lord. Um, and God uh, will open the door. Sometimes it takes time. It requires a lot of patience. But in the long run, uh, you can even learn from the situation. Uh, from that. Last, uh, who is the... Yes. I can take a bigger as well. Yeah, because of our time. Yeah, well... Thank you so much. Uh, tomorrow we will continue uh, with uh, with the two uh, the two lines. The two lines. You have finished one, and then we with the triangle. We still have two. And uh, this is a, the homework that I want to give to you. Spend time, extra time with God tonight or tomorrow morning. Just ask God, Lord. I just surrender my life to you. God, lead me. Lead me so that I can lead. Um, just dwell in my heart. Just, I don't want this just to be an intellectual exercise. I want all of us to have this spiritual uh, refreshing uh, with the Lord. And uh, it will, will never forget this moment. That is my wish. Let's just stand as we go. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the wonderful time that we spend here. We know that we are very limited. Uh, we are not perfect. But in your wisdom, you have just decided to use us to lead your people at uh, different levels. We pray that you guide and direct this media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.